Welcome to Real Life at the Ridge, the preaching ministry of Chestnut Ridge Church. Hey y'all, how are you? It's good to see you. Um, if you're online with us tonight, it's good to be with you. Um, and just excited about spending a few moments together this evening. So uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go ahead and open us in prayer. Um, and is any, I'm gonna let me take a few prayer requests, and we'll do the same thing we've done before on online. If you um, if you want to comment there, maybe a prayer request. Somebody will be watching there. Um, sometimes there's a, just a heads up, sometimes there's about a 10, 12 second delay in that. So give them a second there to respond and, and stuff. But we'll have somebody watching that and we'll catch it one way or the other. If it's a private prayer request, no, you can message us on Messenger, message the church there, or email us, and we'll, we'll check those. But uh, in, in the house, in here. Yeah, Landry's grandmama. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, right here. Yeah, we will. David and I went to the funeral today. There. Prayer request. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll share that. Okay. Miss Debbie's got a praise report. Uh, her um, sister's uh, tumor has gone down from three centimeters by three centimeters to one, uh, one and a half. 1.2, yeah. So, yeah, praise the Lord for that. We'll keep uh, Boyd's sisters in prayer. And others, any others? Um, okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, open us up then. Father, um, this evening, it's a, it's a privilege to be able to, um, uh, to just be together. It's a privilege to, to lift these requests up. Somebody said earlier in the um, in the ten thirty um, waffle service, <laughs> it was an it's an encouragement to hear uh, worship, a song of worship like we heard Sunday morning that says that even when we don't see you or see it happening, that you're working. Even when we don't feel it, you're working. Sometimes our prayer life can be like that. God, we. 
we believe by faith that you're listening to us. Folks that have uh, lived with you, lived for you and in your presence for enough time and have lifted prayer requests to you and have testimonies to say that you're, we've seen you work. We've seen you communicate to us. We've seen you work things together that just couldn't be just happenstance. It, it's like that we know that there is something, someone greater behind all this. And we know that that's you, living God, Jehovah. And so, Lord, I, I just thank you, God, that, that each of these requests have been lifted up, Lord, that you, you know them. The sickness uh, that was mentioned in the lives of several people you know it you know uh, and, and the cool thing I think is God that you you actually know what's going on not just that they have a sickness but you know intently what's going on in their bodies you know if it's cancer you know where it's at you know where what it's attacking you know every intimate detail of what's going on and, and you do that from where you sit, you see all of it, not just one person's life, not just a, somebody's sister or a parent or a child, but you see all of our lives um, intimately. A family grieving over the loss of a loved one, you see that, and you know it, you know what they're feeling. And because of Jesus Christ coming to live in this world, you have felt those pains. You have felt those things. You, you, uh, your son Jesus is not a high priest that can't sympathize with his people, but he was in all points tempted, yet without sin he felt the things that we feel. He knows what it's like to lose a loved one. He knows what it's like to see disease hit a body. And so, um, God, we, we lift these requests up to you, knowing that you care and you know and you can. And we trust you for the outcome that best is the best for us and the best for those around us. Father, tonight as we get ready to uh, look in your word, I pray that you would, I pray tonight, God, that you would encourage us, be an encouragement to us through your scriptures. May the Spirit of God encourage us tonight. In Christ's name, amen. Um, I'm going to uh, go to the book of Revelation tonight, Revelation chapter 21. And I'm going to look at a, um, about, well, the first six verses from verse 1 to verse 6. just want to take a few moments tonight. I was excited about the kickoff of our series this past Sunday and looking forward to carrying on with that um, and so if you haven't watched with us or you hadn't been with us uh, for the Sunday morning, come on, dive on in with us. I'm excited about uh, God growing us in that and us um, just uh, learning more about f living out this, this Christian life and uh, like what all that's about. So um, in Revelation chapter 21, those six verses, I want to read them to you. I want to walk back through and I want to talk to you and maybe encourage you with a, with a few things there. 
He says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. Verse 7 says, He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. There are, um, there are a lot of things yet to come in the future of the church. A lot of things. We know that in our lifetime, somehow, some way, there is, are these things that are, and the scripture talks about like the tribulation, uh, the uh, millennial reign, and we, we have the second coming of Jesus Christ, and I don't, whatever your belief is on the rapture of the church, but yet there's, these things are yet to come. Some folks might think we're going through the tribulation now, whether we are or whether we're not. I'm, I don't stress too much over all that. Um, you know, uh, whether we, I, I, I'm personally uh, still lean on uh, pre-tribulation rapture, that God's going to rapture us out of here before the tribulation. But then I look at Scripture and I see that all through Scripture, there's one thing that causes me to debate in my own heart whether that's true or not, is the fact that God never delivered His people out of the tribula tribulations of life. He always walked with them through it. And so when I think about it, I was like, you know, but then again, we're talking about the end. We're talking about the finishing. I'm sorry, I'm making sure my phone's on silent. We're talking about the end of things. So it's not that it would be wrong for God to take us out of here, but if we followed the track record of how God has dealt with His people. He always takes them through the sea, through the fire, through the lion's den or den of lions. He takes them through the things that they're going through. So whichever way, this is what I know. If I am raptured out, I'm good. If I end up going through the tribulation and that's what actually the way it plays out, I'm good there too. Because He'll never leave me nor forsake me no matter what it is. But then as you progress through, there are things like the judgment, you know, the judgment seat of Christ and all these other things that will take place. But then once all that stuff is over with, we hit chapter 21, we see some things coming about that just bring some finality to it. You know, a lot of times we think that, you know, well, when we die we go to heaven and it's just that. But we got a lot of things to 
process through between dying right now and eternity actually settling into a consistency. Listen again to what he says. He says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. We know that there is going to be a, um, some, a, a, say, a recreation of heaven and earth. That the earth that we live on is going to be destroyed, and that he's going to make all things new again, make a new earth, and that we are going to inhabit that place. And we're going to, that's where we're going to spend eternity. And so we see this idea of this holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down. That's the bride of Christ, the church prepared for her husband, coming, coming down, settling down. And all these things are starting to come, come about. You know, I love the idea of thinking that, you know, I die and everything is just all the, you know, there's no crying in heaven. There's no things like that. I, I don't know about that. I, I couldn't, can't stand in front of you and tell you that there is no, you say what well, says it in the book. Yeah, but it, that's at that point. He says, it comes down, and all, and then there shall be no more crying, no more pain, no more sorrow. I don't know what we're going to feel when we stand before God. I know that all of my righteousness and my salvation that takes allows me to go spend eternity in heaven with, or in eternity with God is in Christ Jesus. I know that, but I also know that the Bible says that we'll all stand before Him. All flesh will stand before Him one day, and. Uh, everyone will give an account for the deeds that are done in the flesh. I don't know what all that means. I'm kind of skeptical of anybody that nails it all down as to how this is going, it's going to happen. I'm one that believes this. If, if you come to find out that there were certain things in heaven or eternity, uh, let's just say this. If I found out that there was a lake on this new earth and the fish in there was great, I would be sitting around coveting, wanting, waiting on that day. And maybe you would have things too. I, I, I just, I think that God knows us best. And I believe that there are some unknowns left there because we need to be focused on what's going on right now. We need to be focused on, we want to keep our, keep looking to the sky and believing that he's coming and looking for him, but yet, I don't know about you, but I would get distracted. You know, some, so many people get distracted just because I get to walk on streets of gold, you know. I don't know. I just believe God has prepared a place for us, but there is an element of mystery that's left there. But what we do know is that at this particular point, for sure, God does some things with us. And, and I want to pick up verse... Um, Verse three. This, this is the reason I want to want to go go to this place is, uh, in Scripture tonight to try to be an encouragement. Um, he says, "I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people. God Himself will be with them and be their God. 
Now, there's some things that I do know out of Scripture, and I do know about us and our relationship with God that make that verse, it makes that verse so awesome to me. In the Old Testament, the people of that day and time lived up under the sacrificial system, the Old Covenant, and they would bring offerings and sacrifices to the Lord. And they would give these uh, sacrifices, these offerings, and the, the, these things would be um, administered by the priest. The high priest would take them behind the veil and, and all. And then if God was pleased, then he would come and dwell between the cherubim there on the Ark of the Covenant and all, the mercy seat. But there was a veil there. No matter how close you got to the actual tabernacle or to the temple, you still had a distance between you and God. There was something separating you from God. And they were, they were ecstatic, I would say ecstatic, in that day and time they were pleased with being as close to God as they possibly could, as any of us are. You know, as close as I can get to God, that's great, and all. And they would see the glory of God descend and ascend and um, you know, he would even in Moses' day, Moses set a, a tent up and pitched it outside the camp and God would come down at the door of the tent and he would dwell with Moses in that cloud of the glory cloud and he would, um, he would speak to Moses or as a friend speaks to a friend and, uh, or one man speaks to another. But yet there's still a separation. I mean, Moses, even when God granted to the best he, he would his request to show him his glory, he only got to see a portion of it. So there's this divide. And, and even in our lives today, even though the veil is torn, Christ dies on the cross, and all the veil is torn from top to bottom, and that separation, that middle wall of separation is gone, but even in that, we still feel Sometimes, as if God, are you there? Are you listening? I mean, it still feels as if there's a separation. He gave us the Holy Spirit after He ascended. He said, "I'll send the Comforter to be with you. I won't leave you alone as orphans." And we have, we as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit of God. But yet, there's still this division. It seems that there's we're not fully in His presence. And we can say that we, you know, we have been in the presence of God and all. And I think that to a degree. There's no doubt we have. But we also know that in our um, finite bodies, in our fleshly bodies, we can't stand before God. That God is so holy and so righteous that we can't stand in His presence. Our flesh, our sinfulness in our flesh would be consumed. And all, that's why when we are, are taken home, we are given a glorified body. We are perfected and so that we... In Christ Jesus, we're able to stand before God. So there's a separation there. But he says here that the tabernacle of God is with men. That word tabernacle means dwelling place. It's the place that God dwells. It's, it's where he's, uh, old folks say, nailed down the rug. That's where he inhabits. And it says that that place is with men. It's right, right here. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, verse 3, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. There's something else that I'm excited about, and I hope you are too, is the fact that God on this earth I, I want to believe that I love the Lord with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I think you would probably feel the same way. 
But the truth of the matter is there are other little G gods pulling for my attention all the time. You know, there, there's uh, media, there's uh, TV programs, there's uh, the lust of the flesh, you know, there is um, the pride of life. There are so many, all these things that we covet, we want, you know. And, and so there's all these little things that are buying for our time. Our mind sometimes becomes our God, that we go for uh, Gnosticism. It's just knowledge. It's a God of knowledge. And so we, we have all that pulling us. Y'all ever feel that way? That you got, you know, it's like, boy, if I could just focus on the Lord if I could just be close to him and I know that's the Christian life but here on this earth I mean do you feel like you have other things pulling at you that are not things pleasing to God the, you know blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness I think it's Matthew 5 6 and that blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled that's what that's all about that we we are not seeking after the unrighteous things we're hungering and thirsting for righteousness and all the right things that god things and but but yet we have all these other things pulling on us you know and that's part of the misery of the christian life i mean i say the misery of the christian that's part of the misery of trying to live in this world that has fallen but yet we struggle because our minds and our hearts are drawn toward other ways but when we get there all those things are gone when we get there you're not going to have to worry about your husband seeing some half-dressed woman can i get a witness you're not going to have to worry about uh guys whether our hair is falling out turning gray or whatever and, and all our eyes won't even be for each other our eyes are going to be for him you know, I mean, we won't we won't have these. Uh, you know, my vehicle's got to be better than your vehicle, or my clothes have got to be better than your clothes, and all the peer pressures and all those things that vie for our time. That's not going to be. It's just going to be us and him. And I say there's other stuff, but I'm saying. It's him. He is the God of that habitation. You know, Christ, I mentioned it Sunday just briefly. I think it was Sunday, but just the fact that, that there's going to be no more sun. You know why? Because he's going to be the light. He is going to provide us everything that we need. And we know he provides now, or at least we should know. But then again, we struggle with the fact that we think we've provided something and we're going to talk about that in weeks to come on Sunday but we think that we've done things or we've done this or done that but everything is going to be him and so I don't know about you but I'm excited about the fact for one that I get to be with him I get to be with him there's no veil there's there's no uh, even no separation and I have to have the, the Holy Spirit to get the get of what of God I have and I know I have access to all of him but I know that there are hindrances in my flesh but I get to be with him and that, that I'm not going to have to worry about all these other little small little G gods buying for my time I get to focus entirely on the one who loves me and died for me 
And so when I look at that, I, that, that encourages me. I hope that's an encouragement to you. But then we look at verse 4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things are passed away. Now, I don't know. Sometimes there are things you can take literal. Sometimes there are things you take figurative. I do know this, that God, when it comes to our tears, that that is a concern of God's. As a matter of fact, He captures those tears. Now, I want to, I want to preface this. I don't think He's capturing the tears of everybody on the face of the planet that's crying. But I do think that His people who are in His will, and I say in His will, th those people that are, that are seeking the to be in the will of God, and I think all of His people, for the most part, He is working that work in their lives. Different people at different places in that whole process, but yet their God is, and there we are, and when things happen in our lives, as we journey along, whether it be persecution to where you're put on a whipping post and you're beat for Him, or whether it be the fact that you are suffering from the, the, the things of this world, this natural world that has fallen, and you're suffering, but you're suffering in Christ Jesus. You're, you're, that's part of the good warfare is just that you're suffering for the glory of God because, and you're giving Him the glory for it. And every tear that you cry in any of those things that goes on in your life whether there's relationships that have been fractured and you cried and all in the will of God, those things God is capturing. It's important to Him. I think, too, that it is an importance of God that he, get, he is going to bring an end to all that. Right now, for His glory, we endure through this time. But one day, He's going to stop that. Now, I want to uh, take three little words. I've used these at funerals, bef funerals before to encourage folks, and I think it's an encouragement to us now. For one, I believe God is a tender God. I believe He is a compassionate God. I mean, my mind's eye gets drawn to the idea of God Himself taking His hand and wiping away our tears. I do know this, whatever He's going to do, He's going to do it. He's not pawning this off on somebody else to come in that there's angels and, and, and other, you know, elders and saints or whatever, creatures that are, as we're coming into heaven, we're, they're wiping our tears away. Whatever's going to happen and however it takes place, God's going to personally take care of that Himself. He said, and God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. And I'll, you say, well, how's He going to do that with everybody? Unlike us, God's not limited. And on top of all that, if it takes a hundred years or a million years on our time, time don't matter in heaven. You know, there, I believe he's got time because time will never run out. However that works, he may wipe them all away at one time. He could probably, he may be able to just speak or may be able to, I mean, because he's created the world and everything that there is in it in six days. I think He can take and wipe away all of our tears. But just the thought that God, He is tender. He, is, uh, he cares about what's going on in your life. He's trustworthy. He's going to do it. God will wipe away every tear from your eye. He, there will be no more sorrow. There will be no more pain. 
No, that, that you can bank on that. The, the, the people, the Israelites knew him as a covenant-keeping God. And y'all ever made a, a deal with somebody and they didn't come through with it? Probably everybody in this room has. You made a, you, you shook their hands, you signed a piece of paper, or you were supposed to do so, and it just, the other side didn't hold up to their agreement. Maybe you're somebody that you didn't hold up to your side of the agreement, but a lot of times in our lives, there are covenants or commitments that are made, and they, they get broken because one side or the other did not uphold their end. But see, when God made a covenant, makes a covenant with his people, he's not looking for you to sign your side of it and hold you accountable to your side of it. That's why the covenant that he made with Israel and the new covenant that he makes with us in the blood of Christ, it's not up to us to uphold our end of it. It's all on him. Why? Because you and I, we can't uphold our end of it. We're humans. We just established the fact that we end up messing up covenants. In Christ, though, and in, in, in God's covenants with us, uh, in, in the Old Testament, it's said that they would, uh, sometimes they would split an animal in half and lay, it, lay each half there, and the two parties that were making the covenant would walk between that, and that would be like signing a bill of sale or be like, signing a contractual agreement and with somebody but for us it's God that goes through by himself because he's upholding his side and our side he is taking care of it all so he's trustworthy when he says he's going to wipe it away and that there's no more sorrow and no more pain and no it's all gone you can bank on it why because God never lets down his end or he, he never not comes through that doesn't sound right he he always comes through let me just put it that way sorry uh, didn't get to finish my coffee get my brain kick started he's tender he's trustworthy he's thorough he's not going to miss nothing there's not one thing that God, God's going to miss. I think this, for me, this is an important one. Because as we go through our lives, a lot of times we wonder, did God catch this? Did God see this thing happen? Why did this person get away with this? Why has this happened to me? Why did I go through this? Other people didn't go through this, but I did, or so and so. And we have all these things that come up. But I'm here to tell you that he says that he's going to wipe away every tear. There's going to be no sorrow. He's going to do it. You can promise, you can bank on it that he's going to do it. But also remember that he don't do a half job. He don't do a half job. You say, but it don't feel like he's done it yet. That's because we ain't got to Revelation 21. I'm just trying to tell you, there's a better day coming. A much better day. He's not missed any cancer. He's not missed any mistreatment. He's not missed any harsh words. He, he's not missed anything that you have suffered without. He's not missed any struggle that you've ever been through. 
He knows about every one of them. Every single one of them. And I want you to know that none of it's been in vain. None of it. In His will, His people, nothing that you've ever been through is in vain. I'm telling you, He has your tears captured in a bowl. He knows every... He knows the tears that the apostles cried. He knows the tears that the prophets cried. He knows the tears that every martyr has ever cried. But he also knows all the tears that everybody's ever cried from disease, from mistreatment, from, from broken promises. He knows all them. And nothing that you've ever gone through is in vain. All of those things have been working a far greater weight of glory. All those things have been building up a far greater weight of glory for you in Christ. That, that God is being glorified now. And I want you to understand, um, <laughs> I always try to relate things in my life to situations that I've been through. I remember one time my, my dad was our alarm clock. I mean, he was up, I can't say. <laughs> he was at the crack of dawn. I was going to say what kind of crack of dawn, but he was up at the crack of dawn. Actually, he was up before the crack of dawn. He'd get up and do paperwork and stuff, 4.30 in the mornings a lot of times, and then eat breakfast and, and all that stuff. And So he was an alarm clock. I was driving to high school, so I had to be at least maybe say I was 16 years old can't remember but he overslept which was a rare I mean like a, a might be the only time during that part of my life that, it, that I know he did oversleep I was running late for school he took personal responsibility in his heart that I was late well they suspended my driving privileges or something they, they, there was something they took away from me and, all, and he was furious about it. He was like, you want somebody to stay in detention or you want somebody, to, then I'll do it because I'm the one that overslept. It, w it was not their fault. They was depending on me. It didn't happen. But I ended up having to take the punishment for being late, right? You say, well, you were late. I know I was, but, but do you understand that what you go through here on this earth for him that he's not just riding free off the burden of your back he's going to reconcile all this stuff one day what we go through here compared to what we're going to experience there this will pale in comparison but can you imagine what it's like for God our father to see his children, and I want to throw this in there, whom he chose to salvation. He saved us. He, he is sanctifying us. And in this process, whatever you're going through, he could, he could, you could escape out of it. He could get you out of it, right? Some people never suffered a burden. You think about the thief on the cross in God's will. He went to glory, like that.
He never endured any of the, the things that a lot of the followers of Jesus Christ endured. And there are a lot of folks like that. That they, that, you know, but for those that do endure, those that do go through those things, can you imagine what it would be like? How old would you think about your child suffering for what you have kept them in and allowed them to endure, to go through? That would be horrible, wouldn't it? You wouldn't want them to, to go through that. But he says, think about it, he says that he put Christ, his own son, through that. Don't think you're going to be any different. We're going to go through it. But you got to understand that this ain't it. And there, the Bible even speaks that he is working out for us a far greater weight of glory. And that you and I are being transferred from glory to glory. That the glory that God has um, is, is, is receiving now out of our lives is nothing compared to the glory that's coming one day. And I don't know about you, but I, sometimes I wonder, it's like, wow. You know, I, I would just rather get out of here. You know, I'm... I would just rather go on because it, this world, some, some people endure so much hurt and so much pain here, and they just get to the point, it's like, you know what? I can't take it no more. I really want to go home. And if that's not what he does, he chooses that. He is the one that decides the length of our days. And it, I just want to remind you tonight and encourage you that there's nothing that you've ever been through for God in God's will and nothing that you'll ever go through even the things that seem rudimentary and mundane in this world if you're in his will you're here because he left you here he could have took you home and spared you all the things that you're going through and you could have just been experiencing glory with him but you're not I don't know about you but uh I wonder sometimes what the next 10 years of life is going to feel like if it feels like this right now, <laughs> physically, right? I'm, I'm, you know, I've said it often. It's like every year it goes by, I go, good Lord, what is the next year going to feel like? Because it feels like uh, the, the pains and the hurt and all this stuff is just multiplying, you know? And, and then we add on top of all that, all the things that seem to be going on around us. I think I'm going to delete a news app that I have because I'm, I get notifications all day long. Two shot in Gastonia, one shot in Charlotte, such and such happened to so-and-so, and such and such, and it just it seems like it's increasing. It seems, don't it? It seems like lawlessness is abounding, that, that there's wickedness. It's kind of comical. I, I don't mean, I, I don't know if I should, I bought myself a weapon I've, all, I've had weapons, but I've, I'm getting older and slower. So, you know, I can't run people down and stuff like that. I get to thinking about my grandkids. If Christy and I had the grandkids out and stuff like that, somebody tried to grab the grandkids, what am I going to do? I mean, I know what I would have done 20 years ago. You've been sorry for grabbing my grandkids, right? But I ain't what I used to be. So I bought me a knife. 
And y'all can think what you want to about preacher or whatever you want to think, whatever. That's my grandbabies. You touch them, you're going to bleed. You take, take them, you're going to bleed. And I, and I just got to, I was like, you know what? What's, I, don't, I ain't going to shoot somebody that's carrying my grandbaby. Them running off with my, bah, 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 and shoot my grandbabies, right? I know this is horrible to think, y'all thinking, but that's okay. But isn't it sad? When I bought my knife, no, paid good money for it too. It had specific things I wanted. No, I want it to fit my hand good. I want it to be slim. And I want that sucker sharp too. I also want that blade to come out real quick. I want that, I want it right. And this is what I told the guy. I said, you know what? It is so sad that I got to think like that. I said, it is horrible. I don't want to cut nobody. I don't want to shoot nobody. But isn't it horrible to think that that's the way life is getting? That you actually think, whether you do or not, you actually think about those things. That's horrible to have to live like that. And it could right easily get worse. And, and it, biblically, at some point in time, it's going to. And let me just throw this out there. I know a lot of times we go, boy, I wish the world would just get back better. But if it does, listen, if it does get better again for us, all we're doing, if, if that's what happens, I know we can't pray and change the end of things. But think about what we're saying. Because if we biblically, if we know that it's going to wax worse and worse at the end, would you all agree with that? The Bible says it, right? So if it's going to get a lot worse before everything comes to an end, if it don't happen with us, then that means it's going to happen with the next crew or the next crew. It sounds kind of selfish to me when you really get down to thinking about it. Well, I wish my life would just end a little bit, but the rest of them, next, <laughs> the next crowd down, they can have, have it for, for themselves. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of like, even so come, Lord Jesus. You know, but if we live in the reality of the truth of God's word, that this world is going to get worse, we still have to believe that the reality is true, that what we're going to experience, I won't have to worry about protecting my grandbabies, right? We won't have to worry about having security at church, you know? We won't have to worry about people breaking in our houses and locking doors. You know, if I had my idea of heaven forever, it'd be the screen doors. You know, leave the big door open, just screen doors, listen to the crickets chirping on the outside, and, you know, and everything else going on here, the rain outside, and just enjoying that. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be a lot better than anything we've ever experienced here. I don't think there's nothing here that we can compare you even come close to using to compare what that's going to be like because we've never experienced anything perfect even in our best days it don't compare so he says um god will wipe away every tear from their eyes there shall be no more death and nor sorrow nor crying no more pain for the former things have passed away then he who sat on the throne said behold i make all things new he said to me right for these words are true and faithful and he said to me 
it is done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water of life. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. No. I'm looking forward to it one day. I'm looking forward for all of us. I'm looking forward to the day that there's no separation between us at all. That God, just as freely as he walked in the garden with Adam and Eve, in the cool of the day, God will walk with us. He'll be with us, unhindered from uh, because anything to do with my sin, and that everything that you and I experience now that keeps us separated from Him, all that stuff's gone. And that somehow, someway, whatever it's going to be like, the glory that is going to be found there is going to outweigh everything that we've ever done, gone through, or endured here for Him. And We're going to, if we have the ability to look back on whatever, we're, however it is, I believe we're going to have the knowledge of the fact that it pales in comparison here to there. So, don't know what all that's going to be like, but I do know. Keep your chin up, press forward, and whatever you're going through, I can't sympathize but so far, but God he cares and he knows thank you for listening today Pastor Greg wants to share with you how the gospel changed his life and how it can change yours too you know Tim it was the gospel that saved me I'll never forget when Ray Elder came into my life uh, God put him there and he shared the truth of the gospel with me that I was a sinner that Christ died for my sins and that if I would accept him as the Lord of my life and follow him, that he would change my life. And that's exactly what he's done. I wonder if that's something that you would like to do today, that you would today before God just admit, you know, God, I'm a sinner, I'm lost, and I need you. And God, I believe that Christ died on the cross for me, and I want to accept his payment today for, for my sins, and I want to live for him from this point forward. If you pray that prayer today, we want to welcome you into the family of God. We also want to encourage you to contact us. You'll find a link below where you can reach us. And so we look forward to hearing from you. so much that he gave his son for us. Amen. God bless you guys.